Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Mike Asquith, and back, back in black, back in the co- I don't want to say the co-pilot's charity, back in the pilot's seat and the co-pilot this week, uh, if he is the boss, which maybe he's not, but he's back. It's Mr. Gary Aylett, he's back, looking fresh, looking fly, and uh, he's back bringing his, his own unique take on Mr. Lucas's creation once more. What's up, dude? I've missed you. It's been a while. Yeah, all right. Hello. Hello. I've missed you too, bud. I've missed you too. I think, yeah, we were saying before we started recording, this is now, I think three weeks have gone by and we've missed each other. Uh, Ships passing in the night. Life or life. Desiree. Desiree. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, God. Here we go. Finchy. (laughs) <laughs> we're not going to get into it we're not going to get into it you know you know yeah. you know and you know I'm going to ask you one question uh, can I ask you, who, who does tampons oh no. god stop you, <laughs> we've not seen each other for a while this is alright we're allowed to do office jokes have you done your Lego yet uh, I've not done my Lego sorry mate no I knew you were going to ask me that immediately before we- well, this has been Spark of Rebellion. What a wonderful episode this has been. Thank you to everyone that's joined <laughs> us this week. Gaz has not done his Lego and I refuse to be a part of this for any longer. <laughs> Christ on a bike. Uh, dude, it, it's on the list. Uh, look, it's, you know, it's on the list. So What list? I have yet to see <laughs> this list. It's on the list. Do you know what it is, dude? Uh, I don't have many a excuses. A lie is what it is. A lie. Even Sam has just come in from town and she's popped red around and gone, he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, of he, course. She just said, has he not done his Lego? Yeah, the list is, is is there, but I've just had like other stuff to do in between work and stuff, you know? It's just been oh, one of those, whatever. it's been a month of, you know, it's been a month of doing stuff. I've been out in the house a bit more now that lockdown finished a few weeks ago, since my birthday, we've been out and about a lot more. Oh, um, he's throwing the birthday in. That doesn't get uh, you any credit. No, because what was the Lego for? Yeah, the d- birthday. Yeah, dude, dude, I'm not... <laughs> look, man. Oh, do you know what the thing is? I said before we recorded, just about an hour ago, I thought, right, let me have a look at Trello. Let me just get some stuff, some items sorted for what we can talk about. I know he's going to ask me about this flipping Lego. Like, before we even get into <laughs> the, the, the bulk of the programme, it's going to be about the bloody Lego, so... I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not sorry. Well, sorry, look, I mean... You got, you got to kind of spend your time on it, though. I understand that, you know. I, I understand that. And uh, it's fine. I can get over it, I guess. It's all right. I feel a little bit sad. 
about this and other things, but we'll get over it. Well, I, I mean, I don't even really want to ask you what you've been doing in Star Wars since we last spoke, because one thing I know you've not done is the Lego. So what have you done that you found time for? <laughs> Just be careful how you answer this. Well, I built this other bit of... No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have I done in Star Wars? Um, uh, not a lot, dude, to be honest with you. Um, what have I done? I've rewatched the first couple of episodes of The Mandalorian, just because enough of enough um, time has gone by since I watched it quite legally when it first came out. Um, it feels like forever ago now. Um, but I've I've kind of lost like there's a bunch of stuff that went out of my memory since that. So I've watched the first couple, uh, and it was good to kind of relive that um, excitement about it. You know, because it was the first time they did like a proper Star Wars TV show and stuff. It wasn't a it wasn't a random spin off or anything like that. So. Uh, so that's been good. Um, uh, the only other thing I've done is uh, I've, I've, I've pre-ordered a bunch of um, Star Wars comics. Um, so I'm trying to weigh up the whole single issue versus graphic novel thing, trade paperback stuff, which I do every now and then. It's like, oh, do I get these single issues? I think um, uh, one thing that I decided to pass on the single issues was the recent Darth Vader run. Uh, which I think they're up to number four now. I think it's they just released. Uh, I think four. it's in the news for next week as well, in because there's some badass stuff going on in there, man. Mm, yes. Uh, so because I picked up the previous Darth Vader or Darth Vader's uh, graphic novels, I think I'm just going to stick to the graphic novels for those because um, they look mint on the shelf, the old graphic novels. Um, so yeah, uh, and there was another run as well. I was going to order the single, single issue. Um but I thought, no, 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 I'll wait for the graphic novel. So um been weighing up and planning the old Star Wars reading for the next, I don't know when that Darth Vader uh, graphic novel's coming out. Maybe end of September, I think it is. Um, they normally like collect, what, six six issues? So that's going to be, yeah, probably September time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's about it, mate, in terms of Star Wars stuff. So um, re- a bit of a rewatch on some stuff and then some planning for some reading in the next month or two. What about you, dude? You done anything Star Warsy? Sweet. Uh, similar kind of thing with the reading. Not done any reading, but done, done a lot of kind of planning on it. Same, same sort of thing. Like, I need to finish the Kieran Gillen run and the Charles Sewell stuff as well from the old Star Wars, like the last run. Because um, I thought that was fascinating. Um, so I kind of need to to finish a bit of that. And I, uh, same as you, I've been doing a lot of planning. It was really prompted by. Um, just a lot of the news that has been coming actually from StarWars.com. We are going to probably get into this next week. Um, where there's been a lot of leaks, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but you know, a lot of the leaks, you know, when you, cause when I'm looking for stuff to talk about and just really keeping up to date, like every day with Star Wars news and views and, and so on, like you just, my generic search is just, I'll search for Star Wars, see what comes up in the news. Um, like a lot of it has been coming from starwars.com, which is fascinating. Like they're owning the brand where, you know, you get it sometimes from like CBR or comic book news or from like inverse or that fucking Doomcock. Like what, like <laughs> they're all in that news section, but a lot of it comes from starwars.com, which is a real shift in like how they've been managing it. Um, and that's really got me turned back on. Like some of the, some of the stories that have been coming out, it's been, so an example, I mean, we'll not talk about it in any depth today, but example was like something that will happen in uh, Darth Vader 4 in the latest uh, Star Wars run. I think it's by Marvel, isn't it? So it's, it's the, the latest Star Wars run. Um, and I was like, oh, sweet. This is like a leak or a review or something. And it came from StarWars.com. I was like, this is such a departure in terms of like how they're approaching that. So that's fascinating. I mean, it, uh, the, the very same as you, man, like got me back into thinking, 
wow, all right, there's a new Vader comic. I should go back and finish the Gillum run and do some of the other stuff. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. And I, you know what I'm like, I'm really geeky. So I've been like planning it all out as well. Um, and then the also, the other thing that I've been doing is we booked some tickets to see Empire at our local cinema. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, they're playing it tonight, but obviously it's really warm tonight and we're away tomorrow. Um, but on uh, Sunday, we're going to go see Empire at one of our look. I mean, it's not like a Cineplex. It's not like a Cineworld or a great big giant IMAX screen, but it will be Empire on the big screen, which is going to be badass. Um, so for like, you know, Fiverr, we're just going to go and watch that. So looking forward to that, dude. Um, that's pretty much been it. I don't think I've done too much else, man. Mm, it's been quiet, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, it has been. Yeah, that uh, news that you spoke about from StarWars.com is actually really cool because they started to do, uh, that was part of their This Week in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they kind of copied us a little bit. I'll be honest. They've kind of obviously jumped on the coattails and just probably be doing like random spotlights next. Ah, yeah, got nothing. Imagination gone. <laughs> right in the uh, right in a podcast glory, but it's very cool that they are doing that stuff though because it also adds a little bit of credibility to the news. So when we cover news that might be from um, I don't know, like Collider or. Um, Doomcock, you know, all of these sort of other sources. Um, it's normally okay, but there's like the odd story and the odd thing that you read. And you know, I don't know if that's kosher, man. It doesn't look legit to me. And then, you know, nothing happens and it wasn't legit. Or Sometimes it is. But if you know it's from StarWars.com, then it's the real deal, I suppose. So that's cool. Well, speaking of StarWars.com, the first bit of news that we shall get to in just a minute is direct from StarWars.com. And it's something that, um, it was actually announced a while ago, but we chose not to talk about it until we were back together because I think it warrants a little bit more of a chat. So before we get to that, just a quick shout out. If you want to chat about this, anything that we've talked about, Gary's complete lack of willingness to do his Lego. If you want to talk about any of the fun stuff that we talk about that really cuts deep inside on a dark and cold night when you sat on your own thinking about it, please get in touch over on any of the socials. Just search for Spark of Rebellion and you shall find us. Let's have a bit of bants over there. And a big shout out to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Listen, we know that times are hard. We know that, you know, honestly, finances are a little bit tough. We've had a few messages from patrons saying they still want to support us. And we really, really want to just say that right now that we really, really appreciate that. So thank you to everyone over on Patreon just for helping us out and just for making sure that they're part of the Sparker Rebellion community. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to get involved in that, check out patreon.com slash spark of rebellion. But to everyone that does support us already, we desperately appreciate it. And thank you so much for doing that. Now, we talked about starwars.com. They are the, the source of a heck of a lot of news these days. It's nice to get in front of that and own some of the headlines. So something that came out, it was actually announced on uh, July 13th, 2020, this year, back in the day, a few weeks ago, nearly a month ago now, actually. But obviously the Clone Wars wrapped up. We saw the finale of the Clone Wars. We thought that period of time was done and we were going to maybe enter into the High Republic. We kind of had an inkling that like the Ahsoka stuff, maybe Rex was going to pop up in the Mandalorian. I'm still convinced that'll maybe get teased in the trailer. Maybe that's why they've not announced anything yet with Rosario Dawson and so on. Maybe it's going to be a Palpatine style reveal in the Mando trailer that's due to come out over the next couple of weeks. Um, But we thought we were done with the Clone Wars. We thought we were done with that era and then lo and behold we get told that the next animated series to come out of Dave Filoni's wonderful mind is The Bad Batch. 
Clone Force 99. Now, I, I was saying about this when I, uh, just before we got on the recording, Gaz and I were talking, I was saying that I actually can't remember too much about the Bad Batch, but just digging back into the memory banks and having just prompted my memory. These were the guys that were like specialists. You know, these were the guys that were like bred to be specialists and all had their own specific skills. Um, you know, a little bit a little bit special forces-y. Um, and it's fascinating because we've got, you know, we've got through the Clone Wars and so on and so forth. And I think what's always been interesting to me, guys, has been the fact that, like, we've seen clones out of the Clone Wars. Like, obviously, um, you had Rex and the rest of the clones that showed up in, what, season two, season three of, of Rebels. Um, but prior to that, there was no real talk. Like, we know the Empire phased them out and they started kidnapping kids and doing what they did and training kids to be stormtroopers. But, like, beyond that, it's fascinating because we don't really know what happened to the rest of the clones. And this Bad Batch series is set just after Revenge of the Sith. We're going to start to see all... So this is like a completely unexpected announcement, man. When I first saw this, I was like, whoa, did not see that coming, but it's got me already. I'm fascinated by it. So, like, were you as surprised as me? Did you expect this, or was it was it out of the left field? Like, you know, how, where did you fit in this? Yeah, for a start, I didn't realise that... Well, I didn't expect an animated show to be announced so quickly because the final season of the Clone Wars had just wrapped up. So everybody was, you know, loving all that stuff and everybody was on a Clone Wars thing. I thought they were going to give the animated stuff a bit of a rest and then come back with something completely new or maybe something linked to the High Republic next year, something like that. So to come back really quickly with an animated show based on these guys, yeah, it did catch catch all of us out of left field a little bit, I think. But uh, I don't know, I think... I, th- I think it does lend itself really well to um, to this kind of style where, you know, we spoke, we've spoken a lot about how, how Star Wars should be played through on, on Disney plus in terms of TV stuff. It's like the, one of the cool things about the Mandalorian was that it didn't have to draft in like the, the big names of Star Wars. It stood on its own two feet and we're hoping that they're going to do the same thing with, um, with Obi-Wan and some of these other programs they've got lined up. So it kind of lends itself pretty well to that, where they're not just going back and doing like more stuff with Anakin and all that, or they're not doing anything with Ezra, you know, bringing him back, which I'm sure they're saving for like an epic storyline later on. But so it lends itself really well. So the, the whole Bad Batch thing with these, uh, these kind of experimental clones and stuff that have got a bit of attitude about them, a little bit of, um, a little bit of gusto. They've just transferred in fresh from Swindon. They're a little bit mouthy, a little bit cocky. Um, yeah, I think it'll make for some good, for some good TV, man. I do. I can't see how it won't. And I think as long as they cover the whole, you know, the whole notion of what happens to the clones, where do the clones fit into the galaxy after Revenge of the Sith, after the Empire's done with them. I think that'll be quite fascinating to see, you know, how uh, we've never really seen that. Like, we've kind of seen it in, like, books. The Tarkin book kind of deals with it in a manner. Um, and, and you do hear about it in a few of the other, you know, specific types of books that, that happen midway through that period of, not even the Galactic Civil War, but that period of just the Empire's iron fist. Um Lost Stars was a great one where, you know, it was like, okay, wait a minute, who 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 are the good guys in this? Are the rebels the good guys? And so there's so much fertile ground to cover there. And I think it's just a fascinating thing for them to do. And I, it really came out of nowhere for me. I, I, I was I was very interested 
that Dave Filoni was a part of it because, I mean, that guy, you know, he's involved in The Mandalorian. It, it would, you know, it would make absolute sense for him to be involved in anything else they do on Disney+, Plus, whether that's an Ahsoka thing, whether it's an Ezra thing or a Thrawn thing. Um, and I suppose, thinking about that a little bit further, like, does this add a little bit of credibility to that whole, well, wait a second, actually, Dave Filoni, not even, not Favreau as such, but someone like a Filoni may be a Favreau. Like, have they been handed the reins a little bit more? Because this is, like, the Bad Batch is right in his camp. Like, it's right, it's not like, let's do something and get Filoni to consult. It's like, this is his thing. And for this to be the next thing that's announced... It just feels like that guy has got so much creative control over things, which is probably not a bad thing. Um, like, do you think there's any credibility to that? Is just is that just happenstance or is it is it wishful thinking? I don't know. You know, what the fact that Feloni's involved? Yeah, well, that he's got more power more, than yeah. probably we think he has. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it's two ways to look at that. I suppose the first one is you would assign someone like Feloni because he's like the best person to to head up that that position right now isn't he because of all of the well what is it over a decade's worth of experience with uh the clone wars and rebels like he's like the animation guy isn't he he's he's like the the dude that you go and see um and now also because he's kind of dipped his toe in the water with live action stuff he's even more so the guy uh to go and to and it also there's a little bit of um I was going to say the other way to look at it is there's a little bit of kind of long game stuff happening here as well. So if you take aside all of the rumors and crap that we've spoken about in the last few weeks about Kathleen Kennedy and all the conspiracies around that stuff, there must be something in place for Dave Filoni to head up some kind of position of power more so than what he's got now at, at Lucasfilm and Disney. So it kind of feeds into that as well. It's like, let's get this guy overseeing um, a bit like the Fav, I suppose. Let's get this guy overseeing a bunch of this stuff, and uh, because ultimately he's going to end up, you know, potentially running the show or running a certain division of of Lucasfilm or, or whatever at some point. So, uh, in terms of credibility, absolutely, man. This is like, um, uh, along with it just coming out of nowhere. Like we said, it's a bit of a surprise when you read into like, oh, okay, we've got this producer and that producer and and all that stuff. It's like, yeah. Makes total sense from that point of view. Yeah, amen to that, dude. And I don't think anyone would begrudge Dave Filoni being a part of everything Star Wars moving forward. You know, the guy is said to be Lucas's protege and, and, and learn everything he knows about Star Wars and also a lot of the animation stuff he does uh, from the way Lucas approached things. So we shall see. But one character that is kind of part of Dave Filoni's remit um, that was, you know, that was, I would say, the breakout star of The Mandalorian Season 1 was, of course... Baby Yoda, baby, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, chuffing yeah. baby Yoda. Gives you earworm, doesn't He's it? back. Yeah. Oh, it's an earworm, it's an ear Yoda. <laughs> well, you know, uh, things have got a habit of crossing over. You remember in uh, Captain America Civil War when they made the little quip, little Peter Parker, made a little quip about that really old movie, movie even, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> little lol, little laugh. We all have a laugh there, don't we, Peter Parker? More bants. Because... Yeah, little bit of bants from the Spider Boy. Yes, get back on your building, child. Anyway, I had a little laugh at our expense, and uh, you know that made the case for Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, also being canonized as Mace Windu in Star Wars. You know that was the <laughs> whole meta crap that people. You know, we all dig into that because we geeks. Well, another one of those has happened. 
Another one of those has happened. Baby Yoda has popped up in Empire Episode Zero, Issue Zero, Fantastic Four, which is a Marvel Universe comic. And Franklin Richards, which I'm not a big Marvelite, but I think Franklin Richards is the kid of Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, and Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. And a bit of a kid superhero. And uh, yeah, he mentions Baby Yoda. You know, he's talking about Valerian. says, we're we're Valerians. And uh, an ancient race ages very slowly. We're hundreds of years old. And uh, someone basically kind of queries that and says, you know, what's the deal? He's trying to blag his way in, basically. And someone says, how do you think of that? And he says, well, look, if Baby Yoda can be 50 years old, we can be a lot older. So it was just, it's one of those, it's like, it's not really news, but it's like, it's one of those little meta things that just pops up and you think, ooh, this is cool. And it's, you know, there's there's nothing in it. It is what it is, but it's... Uh, it's just a fun little Easter egg, really, dude. You know, I don't think there's much to say on it, really, but it, it was fascinating to see it doing the rounds. It was indeed, yeah. And it's cool these little uh, these little nuggets that you get sort of cross um, cross universe that ultimately end up being part of the same universe when you think about it. So the only thing is, though, is that a lot of fans jump on this immediately and they're like, "Oh my god!" In like the next you know, Marvel phase five, we're going to see Darth Maul pop up and we're going to see Yoda and all this lot. And we're like, no, no, don't, don't take this as like, this is now a connected universe. It's just like a little, um, like you said, it's just a fun little quip just to get people talking online for a day, get some clicks on some blogs and stuff. And that's your lot. But it is kind of cool though. It is kind of cool that they've, um, that they, they've mentioned it. And, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it's also a little bit, um, it's also a little bit eye rolly at the same time, though, when you think about it, because um, I didn't want to mention it because obviously we're not nothing to do with Marvel or anything on this podcast. But this is the other thing that I've held off on the single issues. So I've pre-ordered the graphic novel for Empire. Um, but I know that if I was to read through that and not see this story and get to it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like all under the same roof. We know the crack. We know the crack. So on one hand, it's very cool. It's a cool little quip. On the other hand, it's a bit like. Where's the eye rolling emoji when you need it? Yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. All right. So there's a lot going on in Star Wars at the minute. A heck of a lot of stuff. And Tech Radar have put together a list of every new Star Wars movie and Disney Plus TV show that we know about. So for this next story, and, and, and we're going to get to some more deep dive stuff in a minute, which is why I kind of I want to zip through this one, because it's a bit of a listicle. Um, but I think it's good for, the, for, for you, the listener, and, and us, you know, for us as well, just to figure out what's coming up next, just for a little bit of context. So techradar.com, we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but look, this is what we've got coming up, all right? We have Mandalorian Season 2, which is looking... Is looking like it's going to be out in October, November time. And we're thinking that there's going to be a release of a trailer around August 21st, 22nd. That's some of the rumours around at the minute. Because uh, that is the cancelled Star Wars celebration, of course. So I, I would bet that we are going to see something uh, yeah, yeah. for the fans there. So we know yeah. about that. And there's obviously there's talk about uh, Ahsoka Tano, maybe Boba Fett, maybe Captain Rex, maybe all three of the above, plus others. Um, and we know that it's going to focus on the Darksaber. So... That's one thing that we've got. We know we've got the Obi-Wan series. We have got no idea what's going on with that. We don't know what the deal is. Uh, apparently, filming is meant to begin in early 2021 uh, as we move on to the Cassian Andor series, which it, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like this is in a bit of a development purgatory 
at the minute. Like, I don't know, but we've heard about it. Like, do you remember the films that they announced? It's like, yeah, we're going to do a film every other year, boys. And then they were like, yeah, no. Which, yeah, we said we were going to do that, but just, like, don't ask us about that. It feels like the Cassian Andor series is a little bit like that. Like, we've not had any news about that. That's probably wildly unfair, but, like, I've not missed anything. We've not heard anything, have we? Not on Cassian, no. No, it's, um, I don't even know if they've got anything lined up for a date or anything. Like you said, I think this is just early, early production stuff at the minute. Yeah, it looks that way. And when you, certainly when you read this Tech Radar piece, it alludes to that as well. Uh, and then we've got the Bad Batch. All right, we've discussed that. We know that's coming, uh, looking at 2021. And we've then got some other interesting things. So we've got Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. I almost forgot that he was signed on for that. I almost forgot that he was up for doing that. Um, I don't know what to make of that, you know, because they've pushed... So they were releasing movies 23, 25, and 27. So 23, 2023, 2025, and 2027. Um, or as, actually, was it 2022, 24, and 26? And they just pushed it back to 23, 25, 27. It was that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they just pushed it back to that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like, is, is, is Waititi's one of these? Um, there's yeah, a I movie so. as well from J.D. Dillard. Like, you know, when is... Is this a trilogy? Um, is Watiti's a trilogy? Is J.D. Dillard's uh, a trilogy as well? We don't know about that. There's some pretty clear stuff from Disney+. Plus. There's the uh, Russian Doll co-creator, uh, which is Leslie Headland. Uh, if you remember a few months ago, we reported on that. We're going to have the Mandalorian spin-offs, potentially a Doctor Aphra, potentially a Rebel CG series, and something around Throne as well. So, dude, that's a heck of a lot of stuff. That is a heck of a lot of stuff. And it seems heavily skewed towards the smaller screen as well. Um, mm. What's your take on that, given how much stuff is out there and how we've been, I don't want to load the question, but how we've potentially been burnt in the past with this kind of stuff? Yeah, that's what's in my mind at the minute, dude. I think the prob- yeah, I think the problem is, is that nothing's ever, nothing ever seems to be confirmed with Star Wars. They don't seem to have a rock-solid plan in place like we do it's such a con it's so weird because the other company that's admittedly probably run by different people but the sister company under disney marvel they just seem to have their shit together all the time like they do these announcements at either comic-con or some event somewhere and there'll be a huge graphic massive timeline that will span like five years and it will even have like the confirmed logos for all the films that are coming up, all these different phases and stuff. And it's got the year that they're coming out. Yes, they might get pushed back a little bit here and there. But generally speaking, they've got all of their, you know, the, the plans there. They know what they're working to. With Star Wars, short term, yeah, it's all good. Like, uh, obviously, The Mandalorian Season 2, that's a given. Um, but even Obi-Wan Kenobi series, that was on the rocks, wasn't it, a few months ago? Um, even before lockdown, when we had that whole problem with the script not working and all that stuff. And that's as far as we go. <laughs> that literally is it. Other than that, it's just like, yeah, they're, they're working on a Cassian thing, but we have no idea about that. We know the Bad Batch has been confirmed. But then the the Waititi stuff, like you said, is that a trilogy? Is he doing all three? Is he doing one? Um, uh, the untitled Disney Plus stuff, again, it's just nothing there. The The Dillard thing. Uh, and in this list, we haven't mentioned the uh, Ryan Johnson stuff that's still supposedly on the cards. So when's that happening? Weirdly as well. Sorry to interrupt, dude, but weirdly that's not on the list. 
it's not, is it? It's not, um, but they have put the other rumored stuff on, but not this. So that's weird. But, uh, and then, yeah, something to do with Lando Carissi and all that stuff. So on paper at face value, it's great. Yeah. They've got all of this stuff in the pipeline. What you got in the pipeline? Just more of these, really. More of these. Still doing my walks from NCAP. Yeah. So it's great from that point of view. It's like, yay, for the next God knows how many years up to, when was it? 2027. We're going to have Star Wars stuff. But are we? There's nothing concrete here. It's just like, we're looking forward to Mando Series 2, Obi-Wan and Bad Batch. That's your lot right now. Past those things, who bloody knows, man? I don't know. And it's almost kind of like a what's the point? Like, why why, why bother announcing it? Or not even announcing it. Why bother teasing it? Why bother just doing anything with it? It makes absolutely no sense to do it. Um, because it's not it's not helping anyone when these things... Like, you just... It's the boy who cried wolf. You know, you, you, you genuinely don't believe it if it doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen and it continues to not happen, then you don't believe the next thing. You don't believe the next thing. You don't believe the next thing. So it's kind of, it's almost damaging to the Star Wars brand if you're not careful, you know? It's not a, there's only so many times that you can do that. You know, DC did it with their stuff. They announced the Flash and the Green Lantern stuff and only only a few of those came to fruition outside of the Snyder Cut and all that stuff. We've not had much news on that other stuff and so people just don't believe it. Um, so it, I, I don't know, it just feels like you've got to be careful with this IP. You know, it's like Disney bought it and we're like, crap, we've got to do something with this quick. So let's just announce all these things and then we'll back off and it's all right, it's Star Wars, we can do it again. We'll announce some other stuff. But I do think there are only two or three times that you can do that before the fans start saying things like, get Kathleen Kennedy out, bring George Lucas back and then your doomcock comes in and, you know, that's how that stuff perpetuates. And, you know, we might be totally wrong, there might be some truth to all of that stuff, but I feel like that's where it starts. You know know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like Ezra shouting Lothwolf. That's what it's like. And it's quite, in a way, it's kind of like Star Wars, what are you doing? Lucasfilm, what are you doing? Dudes, what are you doing? It's like, we understand, right? Star Wars fans, they're, in, in terms of pop culture and, and, and that whole world, Star Wars fans are like sons of bitches a lot of the time, you know, because they have to have this constant trickle feed of, st- of stuff that's coming up. They have to have it. Because like, if you, descend into the dark times that we had after return of the Jedi, then you just have this period of, uh, you know, you relying on like the expanded universe, like we did at the time and some other, you know, some other bits and pieces. So it's not like that anymore. We can't just let things lie and just let sort of quiet anticipation build up and have fans discuss things. You know, it, it feels like Lucasfilm are like, right, in order to keep people on side, we need to just keep throwing out little nuggets, keep dangling the carrot because we need people to know that Star Wars is still a thing and will be a thing in years to come. But really that's doing more harm than good because what's going to happen now is there's going to be some dude uh, that's going to read one of these stories and be like, oh my God, like Cassian was like my favorite character in Rogue One. Like, I can't believe we're going to get a Cassian Andor series. This is like the best news ever. And then in a year's time, it'd be like, yeah, the Cassian Andor thing's just not working for us, I'm afraid. And then they're going to be like, well, this is freaking great. Like the my favourite character from Rogue One, which you told me was going to be a Disney Plus series, is now not going to be one. 
this is brilliant. Thank you very much, Star Wars. Great. So it feels like they should just just keep it inside, keep it inside the house for a bit. And then when you've got some concrete stuff and you know you're working towards something, then do like your press release and your events and announce all your stuff. It just feels like it's too wishy-washy, like there's nothing to grab hold of other than the very short-term confirmed stuff like Mando 2. Really excited about that. That's awesome. Rightly so. But I don't know, this Watiti film that's supposedly doing a thing. I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody bloody knows, mate. It's a bit well, like... That's the problem, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's a bit like Wernham Hogg's, like, you know, five-year, you know, five-year plan. It's like, what you got? I don't know. Nothing. More of these? Oh, <laughs> Uh, I was going to do it to 90, but yeah, all right. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it is a weird one. It is a weird one. It's almost like we don't, I know we need teasing, but we don't really need teasing that much because there's other stuff going on. Like there are books and there are, you know, there are, there are blatantly things going on on Disney Plus. So we don't need teasing that, like just the movies. It's almost like just shut up about it for a bit. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather Star Wars dropped a teaser trailer on us without anyone knowing. Yes. And yeah. just be like, well, because that would go, people would go crazy. Yeah. I'll tell you who they need to hire. They need to hire Dr. Disrespect, that streamer, that streamer dude. He's like the master at that. Like when he gets banned for doing some stupid shit, he'll like, he'll just disappear into a black hole for like a month. He won't tease anything. It'd be like one tweet out and that'll be it, like really minimal. And then all of a sudden it's like, bang, he's like back with this massive relaunch and stuff everyone just loses their mind over it and he's gained like a million subscribers out of nowhere. But if he'd have just kept going every day and banging on about it on Twitter every day, people would be like, well, when are you coming then? When are you, what, what's going on? So same kind of thing. It's that approach. It's like, just keep it under wraps for a while. Let everybody simmer for a while. We don't need to give you the details. Just cool, man. Just cool. And then like you said, like at Comic-Con one year, just like, like they've just dropped this amazing trailer for Star Wars. Everyone losing their mind about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's what they need to do. Um, I, I totally get that. Totally get that. And um, it's kind of a funny thing because there's so much going on with Star Wars generally that people. It's almost like Disney feels like they just have to be the one shouting about it. Like they can't just let the the people just like just let us build our own rumor mill for a little while, and then like just let us do it for a little bit. Like let us have that. And like if they, like you said, if they were quiet, we wouldn't wouldn't really care. We'd just be like, oh, okay. And then boom, there it is. Because there's plenty going on. We know, just just, te- just give us the stuff that we know is happening and we'll be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'll tell you where that's been successful is, um, you know, you know the Batman Arkham games that were made by Rocksteady? Mm. When they finished up with Arkham Knight, they were like, nah, we don't know if there's going to be another Batman game or anything to do with, with uh, DC or anything. And when was, Ar- when, was Bat- when was that out, that last game? Like four years ago? three years ago Mm -hmm. they've been like uber quiet all that time the only thing they've done is drop the odd little tweet here and there or like the odd nugget of something but they haven't come out and said oh yeah we're going to make this next game and it's going to be here and then letting people down they've let the community make their like you said build their own rumor mill and they've had all these theories about what the next game's going to be they've done all this stuff and then i think it was yesterday or the day before they were like boom the next game's going to be a suicide squad game and it's going to have all these amazing characters and everything. And everyone's like, whoa, this is like, you know, this is awesome. It's like not a Batman game, but this is like a really cool DC game. But they've got to that point because they've just kept everything under wraps 
for so long and just let the community build their own steam around it. And it feels like Star Wars could learn a few lessons from, from that stuff, for films anyway. Yeah, fully agree, man. All right, let's move on. Um, we've got two big things that we want to get into. Um, and there's one thing that I want to get through before that one, which you are way more qualified to talk about. Uh, Vader Immortal. Oh, yeah. Tell us about yeah. that. What's going on with it? Oh, Vader Immortal. All it is. All the old Immortal. <laughs> All it is. Uh, so on PlayStation VR, at the end of this month, there's going to be a new series in the VR stuff. So I think they did... Did they do a Star Wars VR thing a year ago? I think there was. Uh, it was a lightsaber game, I'm pretty sure, anyway. So the Vader Immortal game is... Um, uh, it was like um, uh, ILM. Uh, they had like part of their experimental division. I think it was called ILM, ILM Labs or something. Uh, they started messing around with, uh, with VR for games, and they came up with this series. It was the... Um, uh, it was like the, it was the Vader Immortal series, but they they had it over three or four episodes. But it was only like a you couldn't buy it. It wasn't like a public release game or anything. Um, I don't think so. Um, what they've done is they've collected those episodes together in just like a general release game for, for PlayStation VR, and you'll be able to play through um, uh, that kind of experience of like using a lightsaber, fighting with a lightsaber, some force powers and all that jazz um for vr which is really cool so uh i'm not sure if there's anything we've only got a trailer that's landed uh, at the minute but you can go back on youtube and look at those other previous vader immortal videos when ilm first brought that stuff out and i think they've made a few changes to it and stuff because i believe the the ilm lab stuff was running on like really high-end stuff as you would expect so they've had to trim some stuff down and tweak a few things to get it running on a, a normal home console. But uh, I watched a trailer earlier and it does look freaking badass. It's got um, loads of different types of lightsabers. You don't just play as Vader. You get to play some other characters as well. And uh, yeah, it's got all this, these force powers and whatnot. Um, and the, the blurb that's come with the game is uh, it's a cinematic interactive experience that lets you step inside a galaxy far, far away into the role of a smuggler operating near Mustafar. Uh, the fiery planet that Vader calls home, you'll find yourself in a grand adventure where you can hone your lightsaber skills, navigate dangers, and come face-to-face -face with Vader himself. So it's got like this kind of basic storyline that runs through the game, but really it's just about grabbing those VR controllers and just being immersed in that whole uh, thought process that you're actually, uh, you, you know, you've got a weapon and it's a lightsaber and stuff, and it's just, it looks really cool. I've not dived into any of the VR stuff myself. I don't own PlayStation VR, but I don't know if I could find it. I'm not going to pay full price for it because I wouldn't use it enough. But if I could find that on a deal, dude, if I could find PSVR on a bit of a sneaky deal, I might get it. Yeah. Looks all right, doesn't it? It's, one of, it's blatantly one of those that's just like, <clears throat> well, wait a second. This is quite simply a way to sell some stuff because it really is just like, swing a lightsaber around, have some fun with it. But I think that's how things like this start. You know, VR gets its start by making you want to do the things that you want to do. It's not like, oh yeah, we're going to immerse you in a deep story because storytelling is what you want VR for. No, it's like, no, it's not. It's we, you, want the, you want the VR to do the stuff that you're never going to do in real life. And a lightsaber is the bit of this that you want. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so it's, 
it's always it's always looked interesting to me. I've never played it. I've never had Vader Immortal. I'm the same as you. I'm um, Xbox, and I'm, I will probably be PS on the next round, and probably get an Xbox as well, um, <laughs> like everyone will. But um, I've never had the VR, and it's it's one of those things. I don't know. I've been on VR a couple of times, and I've just I like the idea, but it's like a Wii. You know, it's like when you have a Nintendo Wii. I'm like, oh, I just want to play a game. I can't be asked with this. Yeah, cannot yeah. be asked with this. Um, so it's, it, it, I feel like it's it's like Wii tennis or Wii sports. Like you got to really want to do it, you know. Exactly that. Yeah, it's the same thing as well. I've uh, I've been on the PlayStation VR. A friend of mine's got it a couple of times, and it was great at the time when I was using it. One of the PlayStation. Uh, the sort of in-house programs, like you're in like this shark cage and takes you underwater and stuff. And it scared the crap out of me. And it was great, you know, using that, that stuff, but it's not something that I would sort of turn on every day and jump into. So I think that's why I haven't picked it up yet because it would just sit on the shelf collecting dust when I, unless I pick it up sort of once every couple of months, I would say. So like you dude, I've not really, yeah, I've not really paid too much attention to it in the, the you know, the whole VR thing, but uh, I don't know. It could be, it could be cool. Apparently, this the game is very, very cool. Like when everyone first saw it, when the the ILM Lab stuff first came out, everyone lost their mind about it. It was like, you know, we get to use a, a lightsaber in VR. Like that's amazing. So who knows? Well, that's the bit that people want exactly, exactly. Man, would be fascinating. I th- I'm, I'm fascinated by the rise of VR and how that will affect things like this. Um, and I also worry to death about it, you know, the fact that you could spend so much time in that VR if you get addicted to it. Like, you know, people get addicted to COD, man. Um, <laughs> this they? would be dangerous. Do they? Well, mate of mine. <laughs> mate of mine. Not played it that much, actually, recently. Although the new season's out. That's pretty badass. Came out this week. That's season five. Yeah. 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 Prestige. Prestige. Please. Level two. I'm not going to lie. Oh, please. <laughs> Is that what you're on? Oh, Everyone gets reset back to 55, though, so we're all good. Everyone can catch up. Yeah. All right. (laughs) This went around TikTok. Last bit of news, and then we'll get to a bit of a chat about Obi-Wan. This went around TikTok for a while. So uh, there was a a, a TikTok user, fake Disney facts, fake.disney.facts, FYI. Um, And he ran through the mainline Star Wars series, and he rearranged, he rearranged the entire titling of the... Saga. And dude, it blew my mind. <laughs> he absolutely blew my mind. Mm. Absolutely blew... Right, so he posits, or she posits, they posit, that the actual saga should be titled as follows. Episode 1, The Rise of Skywalker. Get that one. Mm-hmm. Episode 2, Revenge of the Sith because they finally get their way and it all kicks off. Episode 3, Attack of the Clones. All right, I get that one. Episode 4, Return of the Jedi. Absolute freaking no-brainer. Episode 5, pertaining to Luke, The Force Awakens. Total no-brainer. Episode, uh, what did I say? Episode 6, The Last Jedi, because... Everyone else is dead, and Luke's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then next one. All right, episode eight. Episode. Oh no, sorry. They've, re- they've, they've actually typed this wrong. I'm just reading this. That would be episode seven. 
which would originally be The Force Awakens, is retitled The Empire Strikes Back because there's a new freaking empire. Episode 8, A New Hope. As in, there is a new hope in Rey. <laughs> That's what she starts to do. That is the end of the movie. And then the last one, Palpatine, The Phantom Menace. God. Dude, this is genius. This is a this is a little bit like when I first saw this. I must admit, when I saw the story for this, I was like, "Oh, here we go. Here's another one. <laughs> Here's another sort of uh, fan news. He's doing a bit of a and a bit of a, a daft carry on. I was like, let's have a look. But then when he rattled through it, I was like, I'm finding it hard to argue <laughs> to argue any of these points, man. It's like. And a couple of them are just so bang on as well. Like the last one, episode nine, The Phantom Menace, is perfect because that that is Palpatine. In it, like absolutely, that is Palpatine. Uh, the other one was episode was it episode eight, The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. or seven, whatever it was, uh, with the the New Republic coming back. That is literally a new empire striking back. It's just perfect. And then the other one was um, uh, episode one, The Rise of Skywalker. Again, just perfect because that's exactly what we're seeing. You know, little little mini, little mini Anakin, which is the right. It's just yeah. So, oh man, I think this has taken the internet by storm a little bit as well because for that very reason, like loads of people are looking at it with the the initial reaction of yeah yeah whatever. Here's another funny quip, but then they read it or they watch the video and they're like. Holy crap. This actually makes quite a lot of sense. So this will probably turn into one of those rumors. We'll report on this in a couple of weeks that some executive at Lucasfilm is having an argument with Kathleen Kennedy because they want to rename the films or something. But um, just as a bit of a laugh, dude, it is perfect, pretty much. Dude, it's brilliant. You, yeah, you, I think you nailed it, man. Like in two weeks' time, Dunecock's going to be putting out a video that's, or even fucking Mike Zero. He'll be like, Kathleen Kennedy talks to reprint all DVD covers of all Star Wars movies ever made. Watch my entire video now on YouTube. Subscribe below. Hit subscribe now to get all of my YouTube channel updates. That's exactly what's going to happen, first and foremost. Right? But you're right, man. All right. So let's... So I'm reading this one. Like, we've, we've seen the story. We've seen the video. It's been around all the, all the while. But I'm reading the CBR version at the minute, just to have this in front of me. There's a couple of little bits that just... For anyone that's not seen this... There's a couple of little bits, all right? And we'll just kind of uphold some of the logic on this one. Uh, So he argues that episode two, Attack of the Clones, should instead be called Revenge of the Sith. And the logic for this is we found out that Palpatine, leader of the Sith, has ordered an army to destroy the Jedi. I'm all right with that. Next. Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, should be changed to The Last Jedi. Because, and I, how has no one seen this? Because Yoda and Anakin die, which makes Luke the Last Jedi. Yep. <laughs> Just like... Okay. When you know, you know. Yep. And you're like, all right, you win. Honestly, dude, when I watched this, I was like, you motherfucker. All right, now we got <laughs> this, have we? Yeah, That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great timing as well, because what we've just spoken about, with all of these films that are just kind of loosely, there's like a smattering of news from from Lucasfilm and Disney, like, yeah, yeah, all these films are coming. The fans are just going back and like, yeah, yeah, while you're working on all that, let's just, you know, let's mess with this a little bit. And it's just such good timing, man. So, um, yeah, but what's what smacks more than anything is, um, like you said, 
how has nobody sat down and actually worked this out before? Because when you think about it, this guy hasn't invented anything. He's not come up with a new concept or a new ordering. You know, like we've seen over the years, like, oh, you should watch it as um, four, five, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, you know, all these sort of alternate watching uh, orders. He's not, he's not invented anything new. He hasn't come up with any new titles or anything. He's literally just reorganized it. So it actually makes more sense, which is the genius of it, really. Yeah, he's just gone. Hang about. What's going on here? He just woke up in the middle of the night, like, hang on. Just had a thought. To be fair, dude, that's probably <laughs> what that is probably what happened. Like, I would imagine that the way that this started is the way that every stupid thing starts that then becomes an actual thing, which is you make one connection. So he was like, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> what? Like, there's only one of them. Like, there's only one. He's the last. Are you fucking kidding me? He's the last Jedi. Like, and that he just probably stemmed from there. And he was just like, I can make this fit. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to do this. And then just got out the old notebook, got, got out an Excel spreadsheet, cracked out an Excel, threw a macro up. Off it comes. It's yeah. genius. It really is genius, man. And it's, this is why Star Wars is fascinating. Like, no one's doing this with Marvel. Like, no, well, unless I've missed it, and I probably have, but no one's going, wait a second. Thor Dark World, I think not. The world was a lot darker in Infinity War. Let's call it, you know what I mean? No one's doing that. Uh, this is, and this is the beauty of Star Wars, man. It's, it, it is what it is, but fascinating. I just want, I wish it was me that had found this. Like I'm that guy. I'm, imagine like, oh, we need to do more stuff like this. We need to get smarter with Star Wars. Oh, but alas, we are not. All right. Speaking of smart people, who's the smartest person you know? Um, probably, uh, well, I'm going to have to say my wife is because she might be listening in the next room. But after she's walked away, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Gareth Keenan, maybe. Mine's uh, Chris Finch. He uh, reads two books a day. Uh, probably one of the smartest people. I know definitely the smartest person you know. Yeah. Um, so, well, I would posit that the smartest person that we actually know is Obi-Wan Kenobi from the old Star Wars. Because there's been a thing doing the rounds, you know, again, it's been one of those doozies that have been doing the rounds and it's titled, so something came up on screen right how Obi-Wan Kenobi killed Darth Maul so easily in Rebels. So, was it the end of season three? Uh, Maul, as we know, for years and years and years and years and years, right from the Clone Wars and even back further than that, was so annoyed with Obi-Wan for cutting him in half, which I'm, you know, reasonably fine with. I'd be annoyed with that as well. Rebuilt himself, became a crime lord, sought out Palpatine, tried to kick his ass, did near work. He's done a lot of stuff as Maul, but the one thing that runs through it all is the fact that he wanted revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he finally tracks him down right at the back end, I think of season three of uh, Star Wars Rebels. And he tracks him down to Tatooine, to his little hut, and Obi-Wan absolutely beats his ass in about four seconds flat. And... Like many people, that was quite an emotional scene because, you know, at the end of that, after the fight, after everything had finished, when Maul knew it was up, I feel like they kind of, they didn't reconcile, but they certainly had an understanding of each other they didn't have prior to that. Um, and then we saw that was the only time that we've ever seen Luke Skywalker as a young kid, I think. Uh, maybe in some of the comics, and I've missed that, but certainly on screen, we then flashed to Obi-Wan protecting Luke Skywalker. And uh, it was just, it was a very poignant 
seen, but Screen Rant have, have come up with this article, which is how did how did Obi-Wan defeat him so easily? And it's actually quite a fascinating read, dude. Um, so we know that Maul is a very frenetic fighter. We know he's a very highly skilled Sith during the Phantom Menace days. And obviously, if you've seen the Clone Wars, you know he's exceptionally highly skilled, even through Rebels. Uh, wonderful at what he does. Great guy, great guy. One of the best. But <laughs> he... <laughs> bit of trump there for you um he's <laughs> you're right he's gone gaz is gone <laughs> that was my first and only trump impression on this show and i feel like it, he's laughing his head off <laughs> right yeah you don't get it carry on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best right so uh, <laughs> he's still laughing his head off <laughs> if you could see this Oh, he's took his glasses off. That's how warm he's getting with the laughter. Oh. Sorry, mate. I feel like I've thrown <laughs> you off. <clears throat> one of the best. One of the best. There we go. There goes the show. That was very <sighs> Trumpian. Anyway. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, crikey. <laughs> right. Here we go. Anyhow, when they met for that fateful final time, um, Maul did get his ass handed to him. And uh, like I said, this article goes into why that might be. Because it wasn't it wasn't the first time that they'd re-met. They'd met again in the Clone Wars. Um, and they'd, they'd kind of, um, I think they had a throwdown with Savage Opress. And was it, wasn't it, if I'm remembering this correctly, was it Obi-Wan and Ventress versus Savage Opress and Darth Maul? Darth were they getting Maul, hunted yeah. in some, it was, wasn't it? Yep, yep, yep. They had a bit of flirting going on, didn't they, old uh, Obi-Wan and Ventress? Yeah, they like a He's bit a of that. charming. Yeah, got the like, beard. Hello, Ventress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Obi-Wan, sly old dog. Satine too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> third and final time, they meet. And so what this 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 article goes into why Obi-Wan won. So it, the fact is that Obi-Wan wasn't in his physical prime, but he outthought Maul. You know, Maul wasn't the frenetic fighter. He wasn't the speed demon. He wasn't the guy that could catapult all over the place like he could in The Phantom Menace. He'd lost half his body. He was working on robotic limbs. And as we know from Vader, that does oppress, <laughs> excuse the pun, but that does oppress your powers and your capabilities and your potential. But the the, the argument here is actually really fascinating. The Obi-Wan genuinely outthought Maul. He was provoking him emotionally. He was he was dropping some bombs in there to wind him up, um, which forced him to make mistakes. But the most interesting part of this is that Obi-Wan learnt from what Qui-Gon almost bet more with. Because Qui-Gon was like an inch off beating him. Um, and the one part of this that he, he, um, he gets into is that Maul made a very, a very specific type of parry to Qui-Gon's lightsaber attack. Um, and instead of just trying to come down over the top or across like Qui-Gon did, which allowed Maul to turn and just straight through the middle, Obi-Wan had studied that and pivoted and actually, you know, took Maul out into the body and down he went. Um, and it's just a fascinating read because I never thought about it. I was just like, well, you know, they did that because they didn't, they didn't have the budget. Like that was my original thought. I never thought about this from a narrative perspective, but when you read this, 
it seems to boil down to, according to Screen Rant, that for years and years and years, instead of what Maul was doing, which is just continuing to try and build his, you know, his, his, his criminal underworld ties and try and build his power back up and try and take Palpatine down and try and find Obi-Wan. Like all this stuff that distracts you because you're an evil antagonistic mofo that's just bent on revenge. Obi-Wan was just doing what Obi-Wan does, which is steady learning, practice, and just becoming better at the bits that he could become better at despite getting older. Um, so, dude, I thought this was a, just a really interesting read, really, really interesting analysis of that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And I think that's the uh, that's the main point, isn't it? While over the years where they hadn't seen each other, um, Darth Maul's just been caught up with doing all this other stuff and he's not sort of kept on top of his skills as, as much and stuff, whereas Obi-Wan, back on the old Tatooine, he's got his broadband, he's on Skillshare. He's like, right, he's like, lightsaber 101, right, done that one. Next, you know, he's keeping up with all of his all of his skills and stuff. So when they finally meet, um, uh, I think the other part of it as well is that Maul is like just consumed with revenge and, and all this stuff. And it sort of clouded his, his ability to fight like a, like a badass ninja, like he did before. Um, and the other part of it, which is really cool, which is, I'm not sure if this was a felony thing or like a group effort. I'm assuming it's like a group thing, but that whole thing around the fight that we see is the, almost like a carbon copy for, you know, uh, Obi-Wan's doing the same moves and stuff because like you said, he's studied what Qui-Gon did and where he went wrong. And that was, well, that was how he took him out so quick. So, uh, like you did, absolutely fascinating stuff. And it, it just goes back to that same thing that we spoke about loads of times where anyone that's not watched either the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, there is so much good stuff in those shows that just until you think about it, you might just think on the surface, yeah, it's a cartoon, you know, whatever. I'm only here for the films, but I'm telling you, man, if you can, if you can get through those first kind of initial first seasons or whatever and get rocking and rolling with those programs there's just there's so much good stuff in those shows and this is just one one example of that but yeah man it's fascinating stuff brilliant yeah it really is and i think you're absolutely right you know you i know it sounds weird but the movies i don't want to say this but i'm gonna like they're not the best part of star wars anymore like they're great but they're only they're almost like the setup you know, like you said, you know, they are the, um, you know, you get past the first few episodes where Ezra meets Kane and, and Hera and, you know, the bits where uh, Yoda imparts Ahsoka onto Anakin on the Clone Wars. Like, that's what the movies do. They're just the setup, like, oh, yeah, wait a minute, this guy's this guy's dad. And everything else is like the deep mythology stuff, which does come, but the movies don't really dig into that. And I, it's fascinating because, like, the books and the comics and, like, we talked about the Darth Vader comic earlier, the, the, the idea that, you know, Vader has got to go and seek out Sabe. You know, we, we've talked about her from Queen Shadow and, and some of the other Amidala books. Like, like that is interesting stuff. And it's... I think what's interesting to me about this is it speaks to the type of audience that there is now that everything's a mythology. And I know mythology has been around, you know, for eons and eons and eons, but now the normal consumer, thanks to Marvel, thanks to um, even like like my mum and stuff, thanks to people like Stephen King weaving a multiverse, you know, they're more aware of the fact that if I just read the books, I'll probably get more entertainment because everything is really deeply connected. And it's not like in, you know, 
77, 80, 83, whatever it was, where you just, this is one story. Everyone is much more turned on to the fact that there's more just underneath the surface. Um, and stuff like this, just the presence of mind that someone like Dave Filoni has, because assume it's Filoni that's done this with Rebels. Like He could have just written any old lightsaber duel and we would have been fine with it. But like you said, he mirrors things. And he, he you know, Maul executes the same parry and Obi-Wan's learned from it and he pivots instead of holding his hands up like Qui-Gon did. And that's a level of planning that we can't probably even comprehend. Like, that is so tight, man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the best thing about this is that they could have easily just done a standard lightsaber fight. And it would have looked great, don't get me wrong. It would have had all the cool, you know, all the moves that you would, you know, typically associate with Darth Maul doing his thing and and all that lot. So it would have been a really good looking lightsaber fight and it would have been epic. But for them to dive down into this much detail, like, right, okay, let's hark back to, you know, episode one. Let's try and put in a little bit of, you know, larger arc. Let's let's try and, and, and do this rather than just a, an isolated fight. That, like you said, that takes like a level of planning. I mean, who even thought of that? Who, like when they're doing the round table and they're coming up with the synopsis for each episode and they get to that scene... Who just thought like no let's let's not just do a lightsaber fight even how cool it might look let's let's in, implement this bit of story from one of the films and even if people don't notice I, I assume there's loads of people that don't notice that this is in there so like even if people don't get it and don't notice we know that we've 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 made an awesome bit of Star Wars TV storytelling so yeah man love it. That's the genius of those types of episodes when it gets so deep that you realise there is something going on that you probably aren't aware of, um, and that's where the rewatchers come in. Um, so check it out. We'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes to the Screen Rant episode. Uh, sorry, to the Screen Rant article. Go and check it out. It's a fascinating read. And that is a wrap for today. We are back in the saddle. It's been really good to get back together and uh, just recap some of the news, have a little bit of bounce and go through some stuff that, we, uh, that we've that we missed going through over the last two or three weeks of, as we've flown solo. So thank you so much for joining us. Go and check us out on the socials. Just search for Spark Rebellion. We'll have a bit of bounce over there as well. Let us know if you want to get involved over on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com slash Sparker Rebellion and once more thank you to everyone that supports us over there even during these trying times that we are all facing no matter where we are in the world we desperately appreciate that thank you so very much and from me I will be back next week we hope you get your weekly Star Wars fix but if you need anything let us know and we'll cover it next week and Gaz good to be back man thank you good stuff dude it's uh, it's great to be back when I'm doing this show solo I kind of feel like it's me like I really like Star Wars because of this reason so it's great that um, we're back in the, in the, in the Falcon uh, to bounce off and have a bit of bants and stuff so it's great for that thank you everybody for tuning in for another week we'll see you next week for episode 69 thank you to our patrons as well for your continued support as Mark said love you guys for all that uh, we'll see you next time until then take care of yourselves stay safe and may the force be with you always Thank you.